0: I want to. I want to get into something, but I want to start with the verse we started. We talked about last week. Uh, last week we kind of talked about this idea out of out of Jeremiah 29 in verse 13. It says, "You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart." I love this because this is a promise that we have. This isn't like, hey, if you, if you search for me with all your heart, there's a good chance you might possibly someday stumble across me. But God literally tells us that if we choose to pursue him with all of our heart, another way to, to, to say that is to, to make sure that our desires are fully focused on who he is. God has given us a promise that when we do that, we will find him. Uh, I, I think about in uh, in the Garden of Eden when God created, when God created Adam and God created Eve, praise the Lord. Um, and then uh, and then they chose to disobey God's command, and they ate of that apple, God still showed up, right? God still showed up. God still pursued a relationship, though God realized that there was going to be a lot more work in this relationship and that he was going to have to give his one and only son. But God still and even in our can, can you guys can you guys recognize this? Even in our junk, God still pursues us and we get the opportunity we get the opportunity to um, to to allow Him to pursue us. Check out. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead in my notes, but um, Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people who are called by My name will humble themselves." And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I'll hear their land. And that's kind of a promise to us as well. In the moment that we need him most, even in our brokenness, if we turn to him, he's going to come. The illustration of this, if you want to think about the biblical illustration of this, is the prodigal son. The son that has gone and wandered and squandered his inheritance, rejected his sonship, if we want to say it that way. He rejected his sonship, yet the father, what was the father doing? The father was watching. Uh, I was talking with some guys recently about this, and in that culture, there's a good probability that if someone else got to the son before the father did, that that person would either stop the son from being able to come or even physically hurt the son because the son is not, the son has rejected his father. But the father was looking. The Father pursued the Son, and praise the Lord, our Heavenly Father pursues us, right? Our Heavenly Father pursues us. Last week, we talked about this this idea of um, how we live in a culture that is trying to carry men away into things that they don't want to be involved in. There's many men... Uh, there's many men, uh, there's a story right now of uh, a football coach that has gotten entangled in something that he probably originally didn't intend to get entangled in. Uh, as men, we've got to be, we've got to be vigilant about pursuing the Lord. I talked about last week, how, uh, you get tubing in a river and the river will carry you where it wants to carry you. If you want to stand still, you've got to stand strong. And that's what we have to do as men. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to, I if you got your Bibles, flip over to Acts chapter, chapter 4. I want to spend just a few minutes here, and then we'll get to some table discussion today about applying this to our life. Uh, in Acts chapter 3, you've got this story of Peter and John going up to the temple in the ninth hour to, at the time of prayer. And a man who, this, I'm starting in Acts chapter 3, the man who uh, had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along. Uh, to set down. This is right at the beginning. I'm just going to kind of walk through the story real quick. Uh, so this guy, <coughs> this guy who's been lame, was being laid at the gate, right, so that he could he could beg for money. So you got this story where this guy's being laid at the gate, and he's begging for money, and uh, uh, Peter and uh, Peter and John, they're walking by, and then the famous line, uh, money we do not have, gold and silver we don't have, but what we do have we give to you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So you've got this amazing moment where these guys, these guys grab this cripple, pull him up and when he gets pulled up it says his his legs are restored and he begins to walk. Now the miracle of the legs restored is one thing, but the miracle that his muscles would know how to walk is an entirely different level, right? So you got this amazing miracle that's happened and, and people begin to, to notice, hey, that's the guy that was lame at the gate for years. I've given him money and now he's walking around and he's praising God and this big controversial moment begins to unfold where the leaders begin to say, whoa, 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 look at what's going on, all this crazy stuff. Well, if you flip over to Acts chapter four, this is what I want to get into, um, You got Peter and John, they're going about, they're talking about who Jesus is. And in Acts 4 verse 1, check this out. It says, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain, uh, sorry, the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in the resurrection from, uh, in Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. It says, then they laid hands on them and putting them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. So you've got this moment where people are getting saved, all this energy, all this excitement. The kingdom of God is moving, yet these two guys are thrown in jail. They're, They're put in prison. And these, these elders and these scribes, they're going and they're, they're, they're starting to bring accusations and they're doing all this. And I love, I'm going to flip down to verse 19. Check out what this says. So, so they're bringing an accusation against him. It says, but, John an, uh, but Peter and John answered and said to them, what is right in the sight of God, uh, whether it is right in the sight of God to heed you rather than God, you judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. I was reading this story, and this is what I thought about. There are a lot of people today that would not answer that accusation that way. There are a lot of people today that would bend and would change what they, what they, what they believe or what they think, and they would fall to what the authorities are saying. But these guys, everyone say these guys. These guys chose to stand up and say, "You determine whether it's right in your eyes to believe you are God, but what for us? We're going to choose to believe God. We're going to choose to stand strong." And and uh, and they walked this out. And then I love what it says in verse, uh, in, verse 23. in verse twenty three. In verse twenty, it says twenty three. It says, "When they had been released, they went." To their companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. First thing they do after they get released is they go to their friends. They go right to their friends and they say, This is what's going on. And they begin to tell their friends about it. And then in verse 29, it says, And now they're praying and say, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all confidence. Everyone say, all confidence. So these guys, they, get, they, get, they, they, they have a miraculous event happen. Accusi- they, they preach the word. Accusations are brought against them. They get put in prison. They stand up and declare, no, we're going to stand on God's side. Praise the Lord. So they stand on God's side. Then right when they get released, they go to their, companion, they, they go to their friends. They go to their men like these tables, they go to their tables and they say, this is what's going on. And then what do they do as as a table? They pray. First thing they do is they go to the Lord. Lord, take note of what's going on and let us be strong. Look at the guys at your table and say, let us be strong. We need to choose to be strong in our culture. In 2 Peter 3 verse 1, it says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come difficult times will come man we are we are in difficult times i cannot i cannot tell you how kind of frustra no, — it's not even kind of i can't tell you how frustrating it is to watch what is true be called a lie and what is a lie to be called truth and that's what we've seen over the last several years. We've watched it happen. What might have been happening in behind closed doors, conversations behind closed doors, is now shouted from the rooftops. And people are trying to say that truth is a lie and that lies are truth. And man, we have to choose to stand firm just like this. In moments like this, we have to stand and say, we're gonna choose to follow God because we've seen what God does. We know who God is. Our Jesus is alive and active and moving. And we have to stand with that conviction and then what do we have to do to, in order to walk that out? What do we have to do? We have to get around our tables in life, we have to get with other men, say, this is what's going on. And then as men, we have to come together and say, let's pray. Let's pray about this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue this prayer. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Men, we have to have that prayer for our lives. We have to walk this kind of life out because we are in perilous times. Truth is, truth is said to be relative, but truth is not relative. Truth is truth. There's a there's a story in the Bible of uh, of the uh, of uh, I'm trying to think of how it's worded. The parable of the sower. <laughs> That's why I look at my notes. Uh, in the Bible, there's a parable of the sower, and it talks about sowing seed, and it says that some of the seeds fell on the path, and that was taken up right away, and, uh, and uh, some of the seeds fell on shallow soil, and those seeds grew well, but then when the sun beat on it, they withered. And then it says that there are seeds that were sown among the tares. Everyone say tares. These are weeds right uh, this last this last year, my family and I decided that that we were going to do a garden uh, the the <laughs> I need some grace in this moment you know what i mean uh, we, we 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 got a garden well what happened is my my daughter saw some plants that she liked right my and 10-year-old daughter saw some plants that she liked, so we got them. And then we realized if we have plants, we need a place to plant them. Or else it's going to be real bad real quick. Uh, so there's a, there's a church around the corner from us that they do a community garden. It's actually a really cool program. Uh, so we, we reached out to the church. They're like, yeah, we have one spot available. So we snatch up this spot, and, and we plant our plants. When you plant a plant, it's about this big, right? And We didn't do seeds. We did plants. So it's like this big, and it's like we till all the ground up, and we plant these plants, and we're watering them, and we're watering them, and, and all of a sudden we go on vacation. <laughs> Y'all know what's about to happen. We, we went on vacation uh, as a family. Uh, we went up to a friend's uh, place and camped at their place, uh, and we were gone for five days. And when we came back. There was more plants in our garden than we had planted. And there were weeds everywhere, everywhere. I'm on my like hands and knees trying to pray for discernment of, which, of what plants I want to keep and what plants I don't want to keep. And I am like, man, you wanna know what happened? I, I ripped out some plants that I should have kept. And I kept some plants that I should have ripped out. How I many of you guys know the tears come up in this world? And sometimes you can't decipher what's, what's the true plant and what's the not true plant. And uh, in this parable of the sower, it talks about how um, the tears the grow up and they choke out what's true. And uh, man, we live in a time when, when truth is being choked like crazy. And we got to determine, and it's, it's moments like 7.09 on a Tuesday morning when you put your foot down and you say, I'm going to stand strong no matter what. The world, the culture can try to go any direction it wants, but I'm going to stand firm. But the thing is, is we can't do it alone. I was thinking about this practically this morning for a quick minute. Shadrach had Meshach and Abednego. Right? Shadrach didn't try to do it on his own. He had two other guys that got tossed in the furnace with him. They stuck together. You got Paul, had Barnabas, or Paul had Silas. He had guys around him to help encourage him. Jesus didn't send his disciples out one by one, he sent them out two by two because sometimes we need men in our life that we can lean upon. Men in our life that can encourage us to say, "You want to know what? You've got this. You can. You can handle this. You've got it." We need to live life with other men. First Corinthians. Actually, I'm going to go like this. First Peter five says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes around as a roaring lion, uh, seeking whom he may devour." The biggest thing that the enemy wants to do is get us isolated. Get us on our own. Because when he's got us isolated and on our own, he can have our way. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. We need to be standing firm in our faith because our enemy is going around seeking whom he may devour. We need to choose to say there's no turning back. It doesn't matter what happens. So this is what I want to do. Uh, If I can have everyone, at least one person at every table, flip over to Acts 4 if there's not someone at your table yet. The prayer was in verse 29, Acts 4, 29. This is the prayer that Peter and John prayed with their friends after they got out of prison. Uh, this is what I want to do as men. Can we start? We, I'm gonna get, we're going to have about t- 15 minutes or so. This is what I want us to do as tables. I want someone at the table to kind of step in and just kind of take point on this. But as tables, I want us to pray that prayer over us. And then after that, let's go in a conversation of things that are trying to choke out truth in our world. And then how do we, out of what's choking out truth, how do we choose to stand firm in it? Is that good? So first, pray that prayer as a table. Second, what's trying to choke out the truth in our world? Third is, how do we stand firm in those moments? Cool? I'll be back up here in about 15 minutes. All right, all right. If you can kind of wrap up your conversations and bring your attention back up here. So as I I was kind of... Wrapping up my thoughts with this message and getting things ready, I was thinking, man, what are three practical things that we could do as men to implement this? The first thing, the first thing I thought of is, uh, actually, I'm going to reorder these. The most important thing is stay connected to the Word. As men, we need. I'm just going to say this. I've kind of, I've kind of said other this other ways, but I'm just going to be bold. I think daily. Something I think. We need daily to be in the Word of God. Men, if you're not in the Word of God daily, you're spending too much time connected to the false source of the world than the true source of the Word. Amen? <laughs> so first, let's stay connected to the Word. Second is predecide. We need to predecide what we're going to do in situations. As for me and my house, we will... Serve the Lord. We need to predecide to say, I'm going to stand on the side of Jesus, and I'm going to stand on the side of the Word, no matter what. So first, stay connected to the Word. Second, predecide. Third, stay connected to others. We cannot do life on our own. Let me say that again. We cannot do life on. On our own, we need to have men in our life that are there for us, to encourage us, to stand beside us, to pray for us, to support us. We need to have men on our side. Amen? Amen. So first, stay connected to the word. 2nd predecide what we'll do. Third, stay connected to each other. I'm going to pray for us as men. Can you guys actually put your hand in a posture of receiving? Father, we're here to receive what you have for us. Jesus, we thank you that you made a way, that you didn't leave us stranded, that when we had gone off on our own, Father, you pursued us. So, Jesus, we thank you for the fact that you made a way. And right now, Holy Spirit, we ask you to empower us to live the life that you've called us to live as men. We receive every aspect of you that you have for us. Jesus, there's more and more and more and more and more of you. We have not received the top amount because, Jesus, there's always more of you. So we receive all of it right now. Father, I pray for these men as we go out into the world. Let us be ambassadors for you and for your kingdom. Help us to, first of all, stay connected to your word, Lord. Second, help us to predecide what we're going to do. And third, help us to stay connected to men in our life, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name and everyone said Amen, amen.